salutations, Raymond. Raymond, it's funny that you're playing this song. I was just listening to a Chris Webby track in which he samples the song. On the ship. Like two hours ago. Uh, I'll send you the track. It's actually fucking great. It's about him and his friends growing up and getting old and shit like that. Um, it's really cool. It's a good track. Yeah, but, send it uh, to me. Yeah, I definitely will. It's, it's good shit. But uh, how are you doing this week? Doing good. How are you? Not bad. Living life to the best of my abilities. Enjoying the uh, shitty weather we've had lately. Yeah, because I don't have to fucking go anywhere. Yeah, if I, I had to work, it if I had to work, it'd feel a lot worse about it. But I'm like, ah, it's snowing, sweet. Guess who feels worse about it? This guy. <laughs> well, I I've, mean, I've you're had, a profession where you have to drive, so there's that. I've had three days this week where I was out more time than I should have been. <laughs> for sure. That'll but, happen. Let's jump into the show. Welcome, everyone. And we're going to jump into the Fat Fuck segment. Big news out of Big Candy this week is the Eminem Spokes Candies, who have been around since I don't know early two uh, early nineties maybe mid nineties. Yeah, I think it was. <clears throat> I feel like it was mid nineties when they were doing the whole vote for the color thing. I feel like that's around the time it came. Yeah, remember where that they when had they, those, where they voted yeah. the blue? Yeah, I feel like yeah. that was around the time. Well, there's been a lot of controversy with um, putting all women candies. Now, mind you, these are. These are spokes candies. In other words, they're M&M candies with faces. And they're fucking legs. cartoons. They're cartoons. But they put all woman candy. Now, remind you, they're candy on the package. And there is a huge outcry for having women on the package of candy. Of M&M. That's, uh, that's candy with a Y and an I like a stripper. Go on. Yes. So... In, in order to in order to please the woke culture, Eminem's decided they're going to put they're going to postpone and pause the use of these spokes candies, replacing them with Maya Rudolph in what's supposed to be a uh, Super Bowl commercial coming up. And this could all be a publicity stunt. They put a press release out and all that, but it could very well be a, a, a publicity stunt for a Super Bowl because I know that happens this time of year. You see it all the time. Um, so yeah. If if not, then they're gonna they're gonna be taking all of those uh, all of those women candy off the package, or all actually not just the women, it's the men too. The whole entire candy gang, the animated candy gang. It's so fucking weird. I hate woke culture. It's not, um, I'm not a fan of it. Can we uh, talk about how the word woke woke, woke. is just terrible? Yeah, I, I hate it. <laughs> You've you've seen the Bill Burr skit where he talks about how that was started as like an African American thing, and yeah. then white women decided to basically hijack the whole movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite comedy specials. Right before the right before everything got politically politically correct, um, it was uh, it was a special by Ralphie May, the comedian, his very first yep. one called Love Politi- Ralphie. Uh, called Poli- Poli- politically correct. Or just correct is what the special is called. It was all about the politically correctness of the of the world. This is in the early two thousands, so it was like two thousand three, two thousand four. 
but it's great special. Um, if you ever saw the first first season of Last Comic Standing, um, he's a runner up on that, but he's amazing. He's a, he, and he's passed away recently, uh, in like the last five years or so. But um, that special is really good, and it's and it's one of the last specials that really tackled political correctness. And didn't didn't he lose a bunch of weight before he passed away? He had he's had surgeries. He lost weight. Okay. But he was but he had pneumonia. He had a lot of health issues. He's a big guy, so. Um, but yeah, plus he and he he just he just beat himself up. Not just the weight, but drugs and alcohol and everything else. So, um, the life of a comedian, right? So yeah. So M and M's. We'll talk about that next thing. Pizza Hut. They decided because they're coming out with this. Uh, they're bringing out the the big New Yorker pizza, which was around what twenty years ago, maybe in the nineties. I think was, so. Yeah. It was a New York pizza that that Pizza Hut decided to make and release themselves. It was, it was a, just a traditional New York crust with Pizza Hut shit on there. So they're coming out with it again at the end of the month. Or they they have come out with it. So they decided to make the world's largest. They wanted to break the world's largest pizza record. It actually did break it. Um, the pizza was, it was uh, actually looked at by the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, ended up being thirteen thousand nine hundred and ninety square feet. Damn. Yeah, thirteen thousand pounds of dough, almost five thousand pounds of pizza sauce, almost nine thousand pounds of cheese, and almost six hundred and fifty thousand slices of pepperoni. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It looks like a fucking. It looks like a football field. That's how big it is. Yep. Um. But yeah, they they actually did beat the record. Guinness was there and gave them the plaque and everything. So, um. Yeah, it's. Oh my God, I don't know. What are your thoughts on pizza? Because back in the day, I mean, when oh, we pizza were kids, was, pizza was awesome back yeah. in the day. Um, you got that book fair thing and you book buy it, like yeah. two books. Yeah, book it. Yeah, and uh, get your own personal pan. It was always a treat. Uh, it was around the 2001, 2002, I think they sold off to a big conglomerate. And that's where everything went down. Well, Pepsi. Pepsi owns them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it was Pepsi. And I remember a kid um, I went to school with in Culinary Arts, and he worked at Pizza Hut because there's one right down the street from the school. Right. And, like, talking about getting, like, all the veggies, like, brought in, like, pre-cut, mm-hmm. frozen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I used to love the stuffed crust pizza. Yeah. I loved that thing. Um, but I had pizza for the first time in probably, probably since high school, like two or three years ago. And, uh, it was not good. Well, yeah, you've had, a, you've had a, and ever since, ever since expanded. then it's been, yeah, ever since then it's been like artists and pizzas and people do flatbread, stuff like yeah. that. Um, you've had, you've had an expanded, expanded palette since we used yeah. to go at Christmas. I mean, at, uh, at, uh, lunch breaks at school, we used to cut, cut out and go early. Um, or if we had a snow day, me and uh, Tim Dunn would always go there. Yeah, and I, I meet uh, you guys there. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's not good. As far as chain pizza restaurants go, the only one I can deal with now is probably Domino's. Um, yeah. When they changed their recipe, I think it was for the better, and now their pizza is actually way more enjoyable than it was when we were in high school. Um, the problem. And the price is okay, and they deliver, so. The but, problem, the problem yeah. with pizza around here is we don't have a lot of the, the good chains. We don't have a Papa John's mm. around here. There's one up in Portland or Bedford. It's trash now. Also, it's trash. It used too. to be really good. It used to be good. Um, I like Brad Skeller a lot. I don't think um, I've ever. I don't think I've ever had the pizza there. It's been it's so long. If I, it's been so long I've eaten there. They have so. a they have a barbecue chicken one that's really good. Um, 
my there's favorite, a few other places around here that I like. So my favorite pizza are always the local places. I mean, the place in town, Ruby's, that you go to is really good. They have pretty good pizza, yeah. Brick, brick oven pizza. But. Yeah, yeah, um, I love brick oven. Yeah, me too. Um, there's a place in, in um, Stratum that has really good pizza. It's one of my favorites, if not the, my favorite um, pizza around here. It's called um, can't remember the name of it, but it's it's really good. It's in Stratum. Um, Last thing on the food, fat fuck segment. This is a long fat fuck segment, but there's a lot of food news. Um, something that should have happened. What's your? What are your thoughts first on Oreos? Do you like Oreos? Did you grow up on Oreos? Are they too sweet? What's your feeling on Oreos? If I was to choose a cookie, it would be Oreo. Okay. Um, if I have a glass of milk and I'm not at work, um, people bring them into work all the time. Like they just leave them on the counter for everyone to snack on. Um, but I don't like the fact that it always leaves shit in your teeth. Yeah. So I hardly ever eat them when they're at work, but I do like Oreos. Uh, second, second part of cookies the and cream. Cookies and cream is my favorite ice cream. I love Oreos and cookies and cream ice cream. Yeah, me too. Uh, second part of the question: uh, regular or double stuffed? The regular is fine for me. I understand why people want more frosting, but I prefer I prefer the double stuffed. All right, third part of the question: when they started releasing all of these weird flavors of Oreo creams, they'd have red velvet cake. They'd have yep. Caramel, different flavors. Did you try any of them? Do you like any of those? Have you had any of those at all? I know I've had the St. Patrick's Day ones, but those okay. aren't flavored or anything. They're just green. Well, the color, the color, yeah, the color ones are just the same thing. Yeah. Food um, I don't know if I've ever had any of the specialty flavors. To be honest, I've yet to have one that actually tasted good. Like, it, it, for some reason, it changes the whole consistency of an Oreo cookie. I don't know what it is, but. Something that they are coming out with, which is bonkers. It took them this long to do. But in the however many years Oreo's been around, they decided to create a limited edition most Oreo Oreo. That is a regular Oreo with a regular chocolate cookie. But instead of a regular vanilla cream in the middle, it's a cookies and cream Oreo cream in the middle. It's like Inception. It's like an, it's like Oreo inside an <laughs> Oreo. It's amazing. Um, comes out I think this weekend or maybe Monday. So I'm gonna actually try to hunt them down for next week. Um, but yeah, Oreo is Oreos inside of an Oreo. And you're right, cookies and cream is one of the best ice cream. I think we should do it oh, ice, yeah. during By the far. summer. During the summer, let's do an ice cream top three. Yeah, July fourth, we'll do the yep. ice cream talk. Yep, awesome. Okay, that's fat fucks for the week. So let's get into what we watch, what we listen to, everything. Uh, we watched a couple of things. I watched a few things. You watched a few things. Um, Brendan Fraser was on the Fly in the Wall podcast. Listen to that last weekend. I don't remember much about it because <laughs> it's been a long week, but he was on there. Um, it's good to see him out and about again. I know you've seen The Whale lately, uh, yes. the last last couple of weeks. Yep, um, it's a good movie. It's it's very very cool to see him giving given another chance. The guy yeah. who directed the whale said, "You were once a movie star. You're always a movie star. So that's why he hired him." Yeah, and, Aronofsky. He's the yeah, man. Aronof- yeah, he's like you you deserve to be here. You don't deserve to be on the sidelines anymore. Um, after all that stuff that happened, and uh, one of the one of the guys who ran the I want to say it, not the Golden Globes, but the Critics Choice. Uh, it was one of those guys that sexually assaulted him or grabbed his dick or something, and he and he got really worked up over it, and he ended up leaving Hollywood. Um, yeah, that's why he, he boycotts the Golden Globes. Yeah, Golden Globes, yeah, he, that's what it and was. And why a lot of people think they snubbed him for, for the whale because yep. of that. 
Um, I haven't seen the whale. I'm not sure if I'm going to or not. It kind of hits close to home, but um, it's uh, it's an okay movie that has incredible performances. Yeah, that's what that's what that's all I hear, and I hear his performance, but I hear that his the girl who plays his daughter, who is yeah, in, uh, Max, Max from Stranger Things, yeah, from Stranger Things, she is the best part of the movie. Fucking awesome. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> but we make it into it. A full review later. We'll see. I got to get over my own my own uh, idiosyncrasies with it, but <laughs> um, but yeah, he he just it was great great to hear him in an interview. Great to hear him reminiscing about the Mummy movies. Um, he was talking about being choked in the first Mummy movie, and they didn't have the money to do multiple takes and hire hire people to do it for him, uh, stunt work. So he ended up doing it himself, almost passed out in the first Mummy movie. So it's it's great to hear him doing interviews again. Great, great to hear him on the, in the spotlight again, and I hope he has more roles coming up because he is a good actor. He's, uh, he's awesome on Doom classic, Patrol. Classic, classic uh, 90s actor. Doom Patrol is great in, too. Um, yeah, we'll get we'll get into all that later. Um, the one thing we did watch this week, a whole entire season of together, we watched the that '90s show, season one on Netflix. Of course, sequel to that '70s show that came out in 1997, ended about ten years later, not 2007. Um, so I kind of know your feelings of it. I actually Trash. liked it. I actually liked it a lot. Trash. Surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly I liked Trash. it. Trash. <laughs> I'll get into it, but you go first. Um, I think the sequel series, as far as trash, sequ- sorry, that's the last one. As far as the sequel series trash. to an original se- <laughs> series that came out before, I think it's one of the best ones that's been out. Um, maybe Fuller House, but even that I gave up on. This I didn't. This I watched the whole way through. I, I actually liked it. Um, I liked. I, I know you have a have a problem with the kids. And the, and the kid actors that they hired. I think if you go back and watch the first season of that 70s show, they're Which I very. Did. You did, okay. So they're very, very close to that. Um, nope. and, and you don't think so? I think they. No. I, yeah, go I, ahead. Well, Just talk okay, about I'll it. talk real quick. So my main issue for me was um, Leah, I thought was awful, and she got more annoying as the show went on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I. Would watch like an episode of this, and then watch two or three from the first season of uh, that '70s show. Yeah. And the main issue, I think, though, too, is when the kids were doing that '70s show, the actors themselves were like 20, 21 years old. Yeah. These actors are still like literally in their first 15. roles. Yeah. Yeah, they're literally playing the same age that they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, not... I kind of commend them for, but at the same time, like, I just Leah was the she's the main. Focal point of the show, I guess you could say. She's a do- um, she's a daughter of um, Eric and Donna. Yeah, and I just didn't like her at all. She got yeah. she just was super annoying the entire time. Most of the kids, uh, the Lloyd character there, the gay Asian kid, Ozzy. Was, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he was fine. Um, the brother and sister thing was kind of weird because one was African American and they weren't adopted. But they had a mother um, who was a whore, so she probably yeah. had different fathers. So yes, it makes sense. Yeah, but. They would still be, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, because their mother was white. So yeah. That what about sense, but what about uh, Baby Kelso, the kid who plays Kelso? I liked uh, him a lot. I did too. Um, I really liked him a lot. Uh, but for me, the main thing is, is uh, I wish it was more like a Kitty and Red show with them kind of in the background. Because anytime yeah, yeah. Kitty and Red were on screen, it was, it was the best part. It was they, great. They, they handled um, that or, show. They they pretty much put it on their backs. Or, or the cameos, except for. Fez, I was never a huge fan of Fez anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the cameos were all great. 
Um, smoking weed that's 20 years old, you would be coughing for like six days if that were the case because it would be dry as shit um, when they find the bag of weed that's 20 years old and then smoke it for the entire summer somehow. Um, it did but, last quite a while, I mean, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean... I thought they were like on like a new stash or something, and then like the last two episodes were them trying to like get their stash back after it's taken to the dog treat can. Um, <laughs> but I did like how the the first episode mirrored the pilot to that '70s show. Um, Donna and Eric coming back; they were both very good. I yeah. wish it was more Eric and less Donna, but I'm sure he's either busy or just didn't give a shit because she's in more episodes. She was in the last episode picking her up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if they do a season two, I'll probably watch it just because we'll probably end up talking about it. And it is a quick watch. It's not it like was. it was painful for me to watch. It's just, you know, 24 minute episodes. So um, it is what it is. I did not care for it. Um, it was better than Girl Meets World. It was better than uh, the one you mentioned there. I keep wanting to say Family Ties, but. Uh, oh, uh, Fuller House. Fuller yeah. House. It was better than that. Um, I, g- I gave up on that pretty quick. Yeah, I watched the first season of that. I didn't go back to it. Um, but it just... I don't think these types of shows are for me anyways. I think, yeah. like, if, if... Say I actually were married and had a teenage son or daughter. Like, that would probably be who this is aimed for. People that grew up on it's that a, 70s show and now have their own kids. Kind of like a family um, show, yeah. I yeah. Um, and I hate laugh tracks. So mm-hmm. that kind of pisses me off um and it also did give me a new appreciation because i was never a huge that show fan if it was on i'd watch it but i never made a point to watch it every week and going back and re-watching it i'm gonna watch more of that show now because i just don't think i appreciated it back when it was on and i probably stopped watching it you said it came out in 97 yeah i probably stopped when we were in high school so probably two or three years before it ended it was either um, 90 it was either 97 or 99 so i know if it, it may have been 98 99 because i think Right when Phantom Menace came out, was the Star Wars the popular Star Wars episode that happened in the first season? I'm pretty sure. Yes, that's how which it is why lined up. their daughter is named Leia. Le- Leia, yeah. Leia, so, Leia, yeah. So yeah, the show for me, I liked it. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I watched it all pretty much in two days. Um, but it's if you if you have time to sit down and watch, it, you can watch it all in a couple hours. Um, twenty yeah. minute episodes. It's actually good to see a twenty minute show nowadays on Netflix because usually they're yeah. half hour, forty minutes to an hour. So. Um, yeah, I did definitely. like it. So if you like that '70s show, if you really liked it, yeah, uh, you get the nostalgia from the show. Um, well, get, that's the other thing is to me, I didn't get any '90s nostalgia at all outside of the mall episode. Oh, you didn't? I did. I didn't I got, get like I, I got a ton. You, you have to like, watch all the set pieces and everything that that they were talking about, music that was playing during it. There was a ton of '90s shit going on. Yeah, but um, I didn't get the nostalgia clothes. like you get from like Stranger Things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't even mention, like, Paws or any of that Stranger, shit that we grew up on. Stranger Things is in a whole other level. I mean, that's just, like, 80s nostalgia. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just yeah. talking about nostalgia, though, in yeah, general. Yeah. Like, I just didn't get any... Like, occasionally there'd be a song or something, and then... Yeah. Do you see that, that thing where they're in the video store in Episode 2? And, uh... Batman Forever is seen yeah, on the display that. case. I saw that. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then in episode four, they're like talking about going to see Batman Forever in the theater. Um, they, had, they had that same problem yeah. in, the, in that '70s show. They had a lot of stuff like they had they had, oh, Spider, was, they had Spider-Man sheets. There was the Spider-Man from the animated yeah, series there was, in the '90s. I think they said there was one per episode. Yeah. Um, and there was always one in the opening scene. Yeah. Um, they also I understand why they didn't mention Hyde once. Um, because well, he's kind he's of a, a creep now. Rapist. Yeah. Um. But they never mentioned Eric's sister either, which was kind of odd. Yeah, she died in real life, and then they recast her yeah. in the show. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Red kind of mentioned her tongue in cheek when he mentioned about having having the only son, and then he kind of glossed over having another kid in, in one of the right. one of the scenes. But yeah, I didn't mention. It. But yeah, the show. If you like the, that seventy show, watch this. I think it's one of the better sequel series around. There's not too many of them that I that I really trust. That's like saying two years ago that Uncharted is like, or that you know X is the best video game adaptation because there isn't too many good ones. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but the one thing I watched this week that I did like a lot, and you you watched it a while ago. You you kept telling me yeah, to I've watch seen it, it like three times. <clears throat> I think we were going to talk about it last week, so I watched it last Thursday. You wa- you watched it recently <laughs> to for this review, but we're going to give it a full review. We're actually going to give it a pineapple score if you didn't already. Um, we're going to review The Bear on, 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 uh, FX came out last year. Um, what's the guy's name? Do you know the guy's name who started in it? Cause I, I don't uh, remember his name. I would have wrote it down. Lip from Shameless. That's yes. what I'll give you. Lip which from I'm Shameless. Also, which by the way, I'm going to get into cause I've seen some clips of Shameless this week. It looks oh, fucking Jesus hilarious. Christ. You, uh, you want to talk about a tough watch? Like as far as time consuming? Yeah. Cause each... 40 minutes, hour. They're an hour. It's like 11 this, seasons. Yeah. Um, it's a great fucking show, though. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to get into it. Um, but yeah, The Bear. Um, you want to talk about it? Because you got me into it. You know a little bit more. You've seen more episodes. You want to bring up a kind of a synopsis of the whole entire series? What it's about? Yeah, I mean, basically what I said when I reviewed it probably in July. Um, a guy working as a five-star chef, Michelin-type chef. Goes back home when his brother leaves him the business, um, a business he was never allowed to run. So he said, fuck you, and went and tried to become one of the greatest chefs in the world. Hey. And ends up having to come back there where he has to basically try to figure out how they can not go under because they're losing so much money. Um, Matty Matheson is one of the guys to make sure the show is getting it right. I don't know if you noticed this. He's like one of my favorite celebrity chefs. He does YouTube videos. But he was the big fat guy with all the tattoos. Okay. Um, that was always fixing their stuff, and they never yeah. let him like eat. He was the guy that was on there basically as an advisor as to how this type of place would be run. Interesting. Um, the guy, the guy is great. Like if you look up his videos on YouTube, is is hilarious. He's the one that taught me how to make a uh, bologna bowl, which is where you take three pieces of bologna, put them in a bowl, crack an egg, throw a piece of cheese on it, and microwave it for like ninety seconds, and it's like one of the greatest breakfasts ever. Mm. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, he's in it. Um, and a lot of people where you like, you look at them and you say, I've seen them in something. Mm-hmm. Um, his cousin, for instance, has been a million things. He's just an Andor. Um, yes. So, yeah, it's really good. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's really good. And yeah. I think we're going to talk about a couple of episodes, standout episodes, particularly the seventh episode. We're going to get into it in a minute. But one to mention a couple of actors, a couple of cameos in it. Oliver Platt. Last thing yep. I saw, last thing I saw him in was Lake Placid in the '90s. He's been in a couple of things since then. He was but... in that and uh, the wrestling movie. They came yes. out like the same year. That's right. Yeah, he was in that too. Um, Ready to Rumble. Yeah. And uh, Molly Ringwald had a very quick ten-second, five-second cameo in this, and yes, she was she was in it. Um, but yeah, uh, very... also uh, the the Punisher. Well. John Bernthal is the mystery of the whole entire series. He's the yep. he is the brother who killed himself. They show him, they show him briefly in the first episode from the back. Yeah, and they and there's one there's one scene in about halfway maybe maybe yeah it's it's the opening of episode episodes. six yeah 
uh, where they show him in, in the family dynamic before he passed away with the brother and the sister who was involved in the show as well. And uh, the, the dynamic with him and Bear and, and everybody who's who have a family dynamic together. And the yes. cousin, who's also part kind of yeah. like half brother. Yeah, Bear is the, family. Bear's the nickname of the, uh, the lead. main cook, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, fuck. You get into episode seven, okay? So the whole entire show is about him... He was a he was a huge chef, dropped everything once his brother died, took over the restaurant because his brother left the restaurant to him. Um, his brother didn't want him working there, and he took it over. The whole show was about him struggling to keep the rest, restaurant afloat and bringing all these new restaurant ideas to something that's so simple like a beef sandwich in, in Chicago. And those sandwiches and, look good, and they look good. And, <laughs> and, but and be, like Chicago hot dogs, beef sandwiches was all they had on the menu. And then he came in and started making it a five star restaurant to the point and, where at uh, the very spaghetti. end of the show, and, <laughs> they and made spaghetti, and spaghetti too. Yeah, ra- just random shit. But yeah, it's just it's just a crazy menu. But episode seven, yes. it was a twenty minute. It's the shortest episode of the whole entire uh, whole entire season, but. You felt every single minute of the episode. It was one continuous shot, one continuous camera shot from the very beginning to the very end, yep. in the kitchen, showing the showing the movements of the kitchen, working a shift at the restaurant, and how it can all very much implode during. And, it was all, and mind you, this is all this is all in a COVID time too. So they're all working right after COVID. So they're all kind of. They actually mentioned COVID in the show once or twice. Um, but they're starting to do online orders, and you see the chaos that happens when all these orders come in at once. There's a mistake that was made. Yeah, they didn't shut it off. And they didn't so shut it off. So as soon as it opened, it just started printing. It was a nonstop printing of online orders because they had a good review in a, in a newspaper or a magazine, and the place got exposure for the whole entire city of Chicago. So the whole entire city of Chicago was trying to order these beef sandwiches and anything on the menu. It was actually a short rib dinner that the that the that's girl not even on the menu. That's not on the menu. <laughs> that that ended up getting the best review of the restaurant. But um, this episode seven was a masterpiece of an episode. Oh, because yeah. for 20 minutes straight, you felt you felt the cooks, the stress, you felt the danger of the kitchen, you felt... Two of them, two of them quit during the yep. entire episode. Yep, you felt the anxiety. <laughs> it was it was anxiety-inducing. It was inducing. It, it, oh, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> Tell me about um, it. 20 minutes unedited episode, you feel every minute of that shit. And it was amazing. It was one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and it's it's amazing how they put it on on camera from one shot, the very last shot. Um, he gets pissed off and he rips the machine, out of, the machine that's doing all the online orders. He rips it right out and just rips it out of the wall. It's 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 amazing. Um, like you mentioned, one of the chef quits, but the actors, everybody that's involved in this, very good chemistry between everyone. Um, and they're doing a season two, which is awesome that I caught it now because we're going to be watching it this summer. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I'm gonna give yeah. it a four. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Um, yep. I've only watched it once. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, Especially four and a half is my score also. Um, that, se- that seven, that seven, that episode seven is just blew me away. Oh my god! And the ending of the show too. Yep, the final, the, the final episode. Is fucking like I said, I told you when you watched it last night, like the kind of the Game of Thrones thing where like the penultimate episode is like the best one, and then they kind of land the plane on the last episode of the season. Um. And the very which I always end, love when shows do that. And at the it, very it end, left you with a very good ending. 
the very yeah. end there was there was a tension at the very end like you weren't sure what was going to happen when he was in yeah. jail and yep. it, it was it was it was crazy um yeah but yeah uh, that- the co- the two cousins working in the kitchen together the family dynamic and kind of the cuz the brother left the restaurant to the brother who didn't work there and the cousin who worked there was kind of jealous because he was hoping to get the restaurant right that's the feeling you get and uh, even Bear mentioned it to him at one point in in the show. It's like my brother left it to me, not you. So it's it's it was a dynamic through the throughout the whole entire series. I loved I loved the uh, the whole scene with like where he's talking about he got his degree from Debray Debray or Debray whatever it is. <laughs> and Did so you graduate? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cousin. I love the cousin. He's awesome. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, like the whole cast is great. Yeah, he was in the Andor. Um, the second episode, I think, is the one where he like kind of falls asleep while he's cooking himself a meal after work, um, and then just like starts like panicking. Um, yeah. yeah, just so much stuff from if you work in a restaurant that that shit happens to you. Uh, going into the walk-in when the girl spills all the uh, the soup, the broth, the veal broth. Um, yeah, that was yeah. I mean, just so much of it is just brings me back to what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I absolutely love the show. And it's super quick. Like, you can easily bang it out in yep. a day. Yep. Like, if you wanted to, or two nights. It's yeah. good. Tell me a couple days, but yeah, I got through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, worth a watch. It's on Hulu. Uh, it's going to be on FX uh, airing this summer. So, uh, it's kind of... What they did It's kind of a drama season? with... It's like a drama with a little bit of comedy. But yeah. a, lot, a lot of drama. Yeah. If, you're, if you were to get genre, genre it. What they did with this season was uh, they dropped it all on Hulu at the same time. Okay. And they did it week to week on FX. So if you didn't okay. have Hulu, you could watch it on FX. I hope they do the same thing because it was kind of sweet. Like, it was just all there one day. That's and cool. And then they premiered it on FX that night. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little later, but there's an actress in this show that's going to be in one of the Marvel movies coming up. We'll talk about it in yep. the news. Um, uh, didn't watch that, but you wanted to review Blackbird. Yes. Um, Taron Edgerton and Ray Liotta, his last movie, or role, I think. Cocaine Bear. Um, outside of Cocaine Bear yeah. is his last movie. Um, but this might have been his last role. I don't know if he shot which one first. Right. But uh, I think he died during this being on Apple TV. Because okay. like, episode three is dedicated to him. Um, but yeah, it's about a guy who sells drugs and gets caught. In Chicago, it's a true story. Uh, Taron Edgerton is him. Um, and he takes the plea deal thinking he'll get five years. Judge gives him ten. Um, then he gets brought to the situation where there's a guy who is allegedly killed and raped um, a bunch of women. And they want him to go to this prison. He's in a medium for, uh, security facility. And they want him to basically go to like one of the hardest prisons to live in in America. And find out where these girls are buried. Um, otherwise, the guy will be released on his. Uh, what do you call it? Um, he'll be released on uh, when they they bring they bring the case back again. No worries, and uh, he could be released early, basically. And he ends up going in there, befriends him. Uh, all the acting is great. Um, his appeal. That's what I was thinking. Okay, think yep. His appeal. Um, but like, I was looking into like the real story and they do this in the show too, is where they're like, he's going to shy away from you 
So you have to wait like six months before you can approach him. And he saw an opportunity the first day he was there. And he was just like, fuck it. I'm not wasting any time with this. And he ends up befriending the guy. And uh, it was it was a fun watch. I watched it all basically one sitting. It's only six one-hour episodes. Hmm. Um, all the acting was great. Um, the guy that it happened to in real life is now working with the FBI. He started a business to where he works with FBI on criminal profiling. Um, so he was, yeah, it's, it's a very good show. I highly recommend it. It's on Apple TV. Cool. Uh, you also wanted to mention Ryan Johnson's new show. Yes. Poker face. Face. You wanted to give your Um, initial thoughts on that. I will will be, I will be watching it. We're going to give it a full review once I do, but the, uh, the first episode leaves you on a cliffhanger. Basically she works at a casino and she can tell someone's lying. So that's why it's called poker face. Right. Um, just by their expressions. It's got a little bit of psych to it, which I like hmm. outside of the, you know, the faking of the psych thing, but like throughout each episode, they give you clues and she remembers all that shit. Hmm. And then at the end in the rundown goes over it. Um, it's very well done. Uh, she's basically on the run after the first episode. Um, I won't give too much away, but yeah, uh, it's got guest appearances in every episode. Um, yeah, that's what I heard. It's it's great. Um, I can't wait for the Ron Perlman, Perlman episode because hmm. um, that'll be coming up. But they released four episodes of it, and it's very good. Oh, that's cool. I, I didn't know. Yeah, Netflix, Netflix, right? Yeah, so they didn't release it all. No, it's uh, yeah, it's Peacock. Oh, Peacock. That's why. Yeah, Peacock yeah, doesn't yeah. do that. Okay, they did four episodes. And the other thing you wanted to review before we get into our big movie review of the week, um. You want to give your first, your initial thoughts on playing the re-release of GoldenEye that came out? Yes. So around 8 o'clock last night, I got a notification saying if you update your Switch N64 app, you can play GoldenEye. Okay. So I was like, sweet. So I did that, and I played it for a few hours last night. Um, and then I played it on Xbox today. Um, the issue with the Switch version is, first of all, you shoot with the L button. Which is odd for a first-person shooter. Uh, also, the controls are a little bit off. So I switched them to Honey 2.1. is one of the control schemes. But when you go into the menu to change the controls, it shows you an N64 controller. So you don't know what that's going to do to your Switch controller because I was using the Joy-Cons. Um, so I played around with that for a bit. But the problem with the Honey 2.1 is the sticks are reversed. So then you have to go into the Wii, into the Switch menu... And change that around and then save your settings so it doesn't mess up every other game you play on the Switch. That sounds confusing. Then I... It took me like three minutes to do. Um, but you could play with the normal controls. I just hate shooting with the L trigger. Um, and like if you go to Honey 2.1, that's like more of like a modern shooter where like you use both sticks to move okay. around like Call of Duty. Um, but then you go to the Xbox version and it's mapped out perfectly to the controller. Huh. Um, zooming in is the L trigger shooting is the right trigger. Uh, the sticks are mapped out perfectly. Uh, each game runs at 60 frames per second where the original golden eye was between 25 and 30. So it's super smooth. That's cool. Um, it's a great experience. Uh, the one thing that sucks about the Xbox version is you can't play online multiplayer, which you can for the switch version. Do you have a, um, do you have a switch pro controller? I do, but right now I'm just at my parents. I just have the oh, regular okay. Switch. So I'm going to be trying it out and remapping it to yeah, that. I wonder, I I'll probably how play that would, a lot in Switch. Yeah. yeah, I wonder how that would work on the Switch. I, I, also, I would probably rather play on the Switch. I've wanted the Switch. Well, you don't have an Xbox anyways. But um, no. 
I wonder if they're going to release more Switch controllers because they've literally been sold out since the day they came out. Right. Um, and it's just out of Nintendo being dickheads and not making enough product because they could easily sell them at 60 bucks each because I'm they would sell out in a second with this game and how excited people are for it. But um, as of now, I would prefer the Xbox version over the Switch one. Um, but that's only because of the workaround you have to do with the controls. Uh, but it is great to be able to play handheld. It's it's fun. It's a lot that's of fun. Cool. That's cool. Um, but we are going to review one movie. Uh, watch the beginning of the week. Uh, movie we've been teasing for a few weeks now, going to the theaters and seeing it. But then they surprise released it on Tuesday, I believe. Um, Megan. The artificial intelligence robot stands for Model 3 Generative Android. Um, we're going to review the whole entire movie because we both saw it. Um, it it plays a nod to the toy craze generation started with fucking Cabbage Batch Kids in the 80s. Yep. Where it was always a toy craze every Christmas, every holiday. Um, and it also tackles the future possibilities of our artificial intelligence. And what it can do. We're gonna we're gonna talk about artificial intelligence in the future episode when we get Justin on because he knows a lot about AI photos and stuff. Um, probably when we talk about Lord of the Rings again, we're, we're gonna bring that up. Um, but this also t- it tackles AI and the ramifications of that technology if it gets to become too powerful and self-aware, which we all know from the Terminator that's a problem. The whole entire movie is pretty much Terminator meets Chucky. Uh, Chucky is, of course, a doll, and I and I think didn't, were you the one that told me that Chucky was basically the new reboot? Chucky was basically an AI doll in the new reincarnation. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't. I think the reason why I know you like this a little bit more than I did, and that's because I saw all of this in the Chucky movie that came out in 2019. That makes um, sense. And I think the reason why that movie got hate on is because of the fact they changed it from being a possessed doll to an AI doll. Oh, that's dumb. Um, so I think that's why people hated that. Um, yeah, a lot of what I saw in this happened in that movie. That movie was just more violent because it was rated R. Okay. All right. Um, you ever watched the show Small Wonder in the 80s? Of course. Of course. This I did. Actually, I was watching a pod- listening to a podcast today and they were talking about it. This is basically Small Wonder. But, yep. um, a couple of cool scenes. She was in a forest and this kid was harassing the little girl that she was protecting and she Mick Foley'd the little fucker's ear off. I thought that yep. was great. Threw the ear in the woods. Well, ripped off the top, not the bottom. But yes, yes same right, idea. Yeah, yeah, same idea. Um, but yeah, it's about this, it's about this lady who works at a toy company. She's a scientist or a computer engineer of some sort. Yeah. And she, she creates she, she creates these AI toys for kids. And now she's creating this AI robot that's going to be almost like a nanny to a kid where... where He'll take care of the kid, teach the kid. It's, it's a walking, talking, robot, life-size humanoid um, named Megan. And she she makes it, and she ends up, the uh, little girl in the movie, um, her parents die, so she ends up taking over the custody of the kid. And in order to, in order because she has a busy life, in order to keep the kid happy, she gives this kid the doll. She, she builds a doll and gives the kid the doll and pretty much tells her, hey, Babysit the doll. Babysit this kid for me, doll. And I'm going to go work, and you you can go take care of the kid while I go do my own thing. And that's where all the hell breaks loose in the movie, for the most part. Um, the AI takes over, ends up ends up going into a, an Alexa-like device in the house and, and uh, hacks it and becomes 
become self-aware very, very quickly. Everything you've seen and, and known from Terminator and all those AI gone crazy movies is it was a trope in this movie. Um, at the end, after Megan is spoiler destroyed, um, the last scene hints that her AI programming is still downloaded into this household Alexa uh, Siri type AI assistant. Um, I'm guessing the sequel idea will be a part of that because um, there there is a sequel coming out to this. Um, <clears throat> there's also hints that there's a competition that wants this that was being there was being the secrets were being sent to. Um, <clears throat> And if competition gets the idea for this robot and starts making mass production of it, um, it could be some very big consequences in the sequel. But um, overall, I liked it. I'm not huge on horror movies. But I don't really think this is a horror movie. I think it was more like no, a, this uh, is not a horror movie. Yeah, it was it's more a of psychological a thriller. thriller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but for a new generation of horror, new generation of younger fans, they might like it a little bit more than we would. Um, if I were to give it a rating, probably a three. I mean, yeah, cause I I may watch it again later on down the down the line, but um, yeah, what do you think? I know you kind of mentioned a little bit what you thought I, of it. I guess you didn't like it more than I did because I would also give it a three. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I was not expecting that score from you, but yeah, definitely a three. Um, I'd probably put the new Child's Play around the same. Um, I like the new Child's Play a little more. Like, I wish they they're apparently going to release an R-rated cut of Megan. Okay. So I'd love to see that. Um. Because, yeah, the Child's Play just went a little bit further with it, which is what I wanted this movie to do constantly, was go a little bit further. Yeah. But obviously, especially with the way theaters are, they're spending, it's a small studio for the most part, they're spending $12 million on this film. Uh, so you got to get as many people there as you can. So having it be PG-13 makes complete and total sense to me. Yeah, it's made um, for a young yeah, three. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, and the reason why it's out so quick, too, is I think it's distributed by Universal. Um, they have a deal where if their movie doesn't make $50 million opening weekend, uh, they can release it uh, within 20 days video on demand. So that's why it just randomly came out, which is funny. Yeah. It came out that day because that was the day I was planning to actually go see it in the theater. So Yeah, we were ta- we've been talking about it for weeks, going yeah. to the theater. You wanted to go. and uh, It just, I, I was, life got in the way. <laughs> it, it, was getting, it was getting hyped up pretty huge um yeah. everybody was talking about the the girl who does the do, who's in the doll um yep. doing the dances and all that weird tiktok shit it's basically for a tiktok tiktok generation is what the whole movie yeah. is but yeah um yeah three is good three is a good rating um so that's it for what we watched this week and we're gonna get into the news and it's not a news segment without the trailer roundup Uh, there was a new trailer to Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Comes out in a couple months. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not. I think I tagged you. Uh, does yeah, look good. Does look good. Um, I I don't know. Adam Adam and Justin know a lot more references to D and D, so I, I didn't see too to hear many familiar things. What they think? Because um, I heard there was because uh, I watch Campia like every day. Because what else do I have to do in the middle of the day? And he's a huge D and D fan, and he mm-hmm. said there was some very very deep deep cuts in this trailer yeah. Yeah. Um, that neither me or you would get. And I'm sure Adam would definitely get and Justin. Um, but yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Um, also this week, uh, Tony Starr, who plays Homelander, he was in uh, Banshee, the show that you like. Um, he released a, actually I think the whole entire show released a teaser trailer to 
season four of The Boys. Um, yep. It was kind of a quick little thing of uh, of the of the woman who's running the running the soups now and trying to recruit new superheroes for the next season. Um, kind of hinting to the deaths that happened in the last season and trying to to bring new superheroes into the seven. Um, quick, very quick Instagram video, social media post, uh, just a viral video that they like to do or these type of things. But yep. um, that was out this week, kind of cool. Um, I didn't see it, but you you saw a trailer to uh, the new Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special. Yes, um, this is a show too. Have you ever watched this show? I haven't seen it, but I hear it's really good. It's fucking incredible. Yeah, it's um, it is really good. Really, really raunchy, over the top, but it is hilarious, super entertaining. I think they're half-hour episodes. <laughs> but yeah, they're doing a Valentine's Day special, uh, and the trailer looks pretty good. Um, I'll be looking forward to seeing it. Um, yeah, you should definitely give that show a, a watch. Yeah, I may do that. Yeah. Um, and the big trailer this week was Shazam! Fury of the Gods, yes. the final trailer. movie comes out on March 17th. Um, what are your thoughts on the trailer? What are your thoughts on the movie going forward? I love the first Shazam. If I were to thoughts? make a ranking of DCEU, that'd probably be third or fourth on my list. What are your um, thoughts on this seeing this trailer for this for the second time seeing some scenes from this movie? This movie did not look good until this trailer, in my opinion. Um, I thought now see, I'm kind I, of sold on it. I I didn't think the other trailers were very good. Uh, this trailer I liked a lot more than the other ones. I felt the very opposite of you. I liked the first one. I didn't like this one. See, I like this one because now you know what the movie is about. Like, you know what's gonna what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I hated the Eminem song in the last trailer, so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't like... I don't like how... Ever since Guardians of the Galaxy, they're trying to put more mainstream... You notice it with the first Suicide Squad where they try to put more mainstream music into the, in well, the trailers and the movies. That trailer was made by people that make music videos. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to see it. I like DC, but I'm also... The other thing that kind of pisses me off about it is this is it. This is no no more Shazam. The DC universe... Potentially. Potentially. The, the DC universe after this is pretty much at a standstill. Shazam is probably the one person you could carry over as far as Zachary Levi due to the fact that he didn't have any interactions with anyone else except for in the super, previous... Except for Superman. In the very but end of the first they one. They didn't show Henry Cavill. But it was the same suit. not show suit. Henry Cavill. It was the same suit, though. How are you going to... Yeah, gonna... but the, a blue suit, you could easily change that. It was the same exact suit. And though. it was a post-credit. It's um, fine. Yeah, post-credits don't matter. But So. Yeah, and we're at the 20... We're recording on the 27th. Hopefully this weekend it's not announced, but James Gunn still hasn't released a slate for DC movies. So next week, expect to talk about that. I wouldn't be surprised if he pushes it back just because... Maybe they just said end of January because he was feeling. And, and I don't know oh, what kind of slate. I don't know what kind of slate people are expecting. Maybe like a phase one. We we kind of talked right. about it in text this week of what we expect. Uh, and what you said, they're calling it chapters. Is that what that's James what they've been? That's it? what they've been saying online. Um, I believe I James Gunn did say his. He'll be laying out the first chapter of, the, of his DCU. And you and you brought up a great point, which I think I don't know if you came up with it or you heard it somewhere, but it should have been called volumes like a comic book. It would have yeah. been amazing. That and what I came heard... up with when we were texting, I was like, why don't they I was literally looking at the DVD for volume two of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, why don't they call it volumes? Yeah, that <laughs> that's what comic that, books are. That, that would have been amazing. I don't know why they didn't do that, because they don't want they obviously don't want to steal the phase idea from Marvel. It's been around yep. for almost fifteen years now. 
Actually, this year, in May, it'll be 15 years since the very and first Iron Man. The chapter thing, to me, makes a little bit of sense because they're moving on to a new chapter in yeah, the DC. maybe. So, like, to me, it kind of makes sense that way. Um, Ugh, but, yeah, he said he's not letting his entire 10-year plan out. Um, so I assume it'll just be the first couple projects they have. I doubt they'll have any directors or cast attached to anything. We know James is writing the first uh, Superman movie. I uh, don't know if it's going to be the first project or not, but he's writing that. Um, who knows? No, qu- I don't no know. question. We already know that Matt Reeves, Batman, is not part of this. He's he's right. very adamant that he's not going to do it in yeah. this universe. Yeah. So they're going to have a new Batman in this yep. universe. Yep. What are your thoughts on that? We have three. We're going to have three Gotham City universes going on at once with the Joker. With the Batman and with this new DC Universe, a, a group of Justice League-like thing that's going to culminate eventually into one big story. We're, we're going to have three Batman universes. I'm fine with it because Batman's my favorite superhero and I can always use more Batman in my life. But don't you think um, that was the problem with, with Warner Brothers in the first place and the DC problem? Why they hired James Gunn in the first place? Because there's so much shit going on at once? No. The problem is DC was run by a bunch of fucking idiots. Well, they, they didn't have any idea what was going on, yeah. Right, and they didn't understand what Zack Snyder was going for. Yeah. And Zack Snyder's BVS, Ultimate Edition or Regular Edition, for the common audience, does not work. And I love the Ultimate Edition, but I you can't too. bring a fucking eight-year-old see a Batman Superman movie that hours. starts <laughs> in death, that's three hours long, uh, that has... Lex Luthor giving a lady a jar of piss. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Like, what the fuck do they expect when they greenlit that script? What do they expect? Yeah. I mean, and it was, of course, during the making of Justice League when all the reviews were coming back on BVS that they wanted to switch courses. And then, of course, they, they lucked out, quote-unquote, that Zack Snyder had a personal tragedy and had to step away for a little bit. And so they immediately threw Joss Whedon into the mix, who did absolutely fuck all. What they should have done is split Justice League into two parts, like it was originally planned, and it would have yeah. been okay. Yeah. It would have been fine. Uh, you set up that they're going to try to bring Superman back for the second one, and then that happens, and you know you end the first one after the Steppenwolf fight. You can kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. So it's like a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and then you do Justice League Part Two with Darkseid, I mean, yeah, they just didn't know what the hell they were doing the entire time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you couldn't bring an 8- or 10-year-old to see BVS because it starts with a death, ends with a death. Some lady's being fed a jar of piss at one point. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I forgot, I forgot about the piss jar. <laughs> it's fucking, you can't do that. Like, Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio, right? Yeah, Chris Terrio should have known. And I don't like Chris Terry anyways for what he did to Star Wars, but that's another story for another time. Like Maz Kanata would say. Okay, that's it for our DC talk. Cause we're gonna <laughs> probably talk. We're gonna talk about it a lot next week. I'm sure when the when the news I comes hope so. out. I hope. Um, yeah, I hope. Uh, yeah, I hope he releases it. You watch. It'll be right after we record tonight. But uh, yeah, we may have to have an emergency podcast bonus episode <laughs> if it's if it's any big news, but. Uh, let's talk about the big news of the week. We t- we've been mentioning it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. This week it came on Tuesday. The Oscars nominations. Yep. Got the whole list of them here. We're going to talk about everything from actors to mo- best movie to everything. So let's break it down. 
Best Picture nominations. Movie I want to see. Chris reviewed it. All Quiet on the Western Front. And remake of the original. Avatar. By the way, there are way too many, way too many um, things for the Best Picture. There's ten. I hate that. The only reason they're doing that is to appease the blockbuster crowd that were complaining that there are no blockbusters in the categories back in the day. When they upped it to ten, well, it used to be like six or seven. You saw, you saw what I put in the notes. I guess we can talk about it right now. Is uh, Steven Spielberg saying the Dark Knight not being nominated for one is yes. a travesty? I, yeah, I had um, it in there. I had it in there too. Okay, I also um, put it in after I did. But yeah, they. Uh, I didn't see you put it in there, so that's why I added it. Okay. Um, but yeah, they basically that was the last year where it was five. Yep. And Dark Knight would have been nominated if it was six, yeah. which is why they went to ten, which I think is a good move because then you do appease people that because Black Panther never would have been nominated. As a Marvel fan, we were both happy it was nominated, yeah. but we knew it had no chance of winning. Um, and every year, like before that, there was like five main nominations, and you only knew one or two had a chance of winning. Yeah. Now they just let everyone be like, okay, we can put blockbusters in like Top Gun and whatever else. Um, and I mean, you you know they have no chance of winning. But it's still nice to have, like, a fandom be a part of, like, I'm going to tune into the Oscars for the fandom. Yeah. So it makes sense why they want the blockbusters involved. Yeah. There's a lot, though. There's ten of them. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front remake. Avatar The Way of Water. Banshees of Ed Sheeran. By the way, it's Ed Sheeran because I don't know how to say the real name. It's, it's Ed Sheeran. Sheeran. It's Ed Sheeran to me. In a Sheeran. Um, Ed Sheeran. So, number four, Elvis. Shitty movie. Uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, great fucking movie. If there was not five nominations, I'm not sure if this would have made it. It might have been number six. Oh, it definitely would have made it. You think so? Yeah, because it is I really think it's, good. I think it's a it's a three-horse race between that, Fableman's, and uh, Banshees. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And Fableman's. You mentioned it. Fableman's. Uh, yeah. Tar with Kate Blanchett, and I, I haven't heard much about it. I this just know that she's in it. a dark horse, because apparently people, yeah. a lot of people love this movie. Yeah. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, another blockbuster that was added. It wouldn't have been on this list 20, 15 years ago. Um, Triangle of Sadness, another movie I know nothing about. and Woman Talking. Uh, Woman Talking. Don't know anything about that either. Um, I have not seen the last two. But yeah, Top Gun was my favorite theater movie of the year. Everything Everywhere All at Once was my favorite home viewing of the year. Elvis was the worst movie of the year. Avatar close <laughs> second to me. Um, Banshees I didn't finish and All Quiet and the Western Front I do want to watch and, and, and Fableman is right up there with everything all at once I did really like that movie uh, but a lead actor Austin Bus- Butler in his portrayal of Elvis Brendan Fraser in his portrayal of the whale uh, I don't know that guy uh, Bill Nighy from The Living and Colin Farrell in Banshees of Ed Sheeran and uh, lead actress Kate Blanchett from that Tar movie Anna de Armas from Blonde, which was a shitty fucking movie. We're gonna talk about the Razzies after this. It got, it got also got. She also got the lead actress in the Razzies as well. Um, Michelle Williams for the Fablemans and Michelle Yeoh from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Supporting actor Brendan Gleeson from Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Q Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, he already had the uh, the uh, Golden Globe award for that, or was the Critics' Choice? I can't remember what that one was. The one he just won a couple weeks ago it was a Golden Globe. Uh, I don't remember what that was. The one I think it was Critics' big... Choice. Yeah, um, Barry Coogan from Barry Coogan from Banshees of Inisherin as well. Ryan Tyree Henry from Causeway. Don't know that movie. And uh, Judd Hirsch from The Fablemans. He played the yeah. Uh, Brandon Gleeson was was Golden Globes. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Um, supporting actress. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Carrie Condon, Barry's of Ed Sheeran. She was the uh, one woman in that. Um, Hong Chow from The Whale, who I, who I heard was really good in that movie. Was she good? The, uh, the, uh, uh, the girl, the woman? Yes, she was very I good. She, I and also, good. Jamie Lee Curtis is her first nomination ever. That's cool. Um, and the, the big one, the big one for Marvel fans, the very first Marvel big category nomination for an Academy Award, Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever, which we've been talking about she, since we saw the She's going to win. She'll she's going to win it because she already won the uh, Golden Globe or the Critics' Choice, whatever yep. that one was. Um, best Director, um, everywhere, everywhere, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, two guys that directed that. Steven Spielberg uh, for The Fablemans. I wanted to mention that. Uh, original song, uh, the Lift Me Up song from... Uh, from uh, Black Panther, the Lady Gaga song "Hold My Hand" from Top Gun, uh, two songs that we know about. Um, best production, let's see, best visual effects, All Quiet in the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Batman, it's Black winning. Panther, Top Gun Maverick. Avatar's um, winning that. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. uh, best original score, All Quiet in the Western Front, Banshees of Ed Sheeran, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think that score was great. And I think the Fable Ones was great. Done by done by John Williams. Fable Ones was fine, but there's only 20 minutes of. Original yes. score in the movie. Yeah. So there, that could be an issue. Uh, most nominations this year at the Oscars, Everything Everywhere All at Once got 11. All Quiet on the Western Front got 9. Banshee's of Ed Sheeran got 9. Uh, Elvis got 8. Fableman's got 7. Tar got 6. Maverick got 6. And Black Panther got 5. Um, speaking of Black Panther, uh, you got the Academy Award nomination for Angela Bassett, of course, for uh, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, best costume design, best visual effects, best makeup and hairstyling, and best original song. Um, I'll skip that. Uh, and the Batman got three Academy Award nominations: best makeup and hair, best sound, and best visual effects. That's it, it won't win any of them. It won't win any of them because um, um, you've got you, obviously you've got it going against Avatar. You've got it going against the Whale. Yeah. So and you mentioned and you mentioned the uh, you mentioned the Dark Knight. Um, Yep. Spielberg saying that the Dark Knight would have been nominated for Best Picture if it was released now, and he's correct. Um, still one of my favorite movies, not never mind comic book movies. But um, and let's get into the Razzies. That was also announced. The Razzies come out the night before the Academy Awards. It's done the Saturday before they air. By and, the way, can I just say something right now? Can I just say yeah. something right now? Yeah. You know that Academy Awards are airing at the same exact time as the finale for The Last of Us. Oh no, kidding. It's that night. <laughs> um, I believe. That's what I heard. I believe it's that night. But the Academy Awards celebrate movies. Razzies celebrate the worst. And there were a lot of bad ones this year. And a lot of them, I've, some of them I've seen, some of them I haven't. Uh, Morbius I haven't seen. But the nominations for this year, Blonde got eight. Good Morning got seven. That's the one with um, Machine Gun Kelly, I think. Yep. Um Disney's Pinocchio, which I didn't see. That's that got six it's nominations. Not good. Morbius got five, which I haven't seen, but that's just under protest. And the King's Daughter got three. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard got uh, a nomination for a lead actress in a shitty movie for Jurassic World Domination. Um, the girl who was in Firestarter, they gave her the little girl who was remaking the Firestarter movie. They gave her a best actress uh, nomination or worst actress nomination in the Razzies. But they took it away because she's 12 years old and they shouldn't be well, reviewing The thing about the Razzies is it's like tongue-in-cheek. Yes. Like uh, when Halle Berry won her Razzie, she brought her Oscar on stage with her. Yes. Um, 
But like, for a twelve-year-old, like that could like crush you internally because you. you don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Worst actor in a movie: Colton Baker, aka Machine Gun Kelly, in Good Morning; Jared Leto in Morbius; Pete Davidson for the voice of Marmaduke; Sylvester Stallone in uh, Samaritan, which I wanted to see when I saw the trailer at the beginning of the year. I never did. Never yeah, I've heard it's good. Uh, and Tom Hanks in Pinocchio. Yeah, that was um, a weird performance. Morbius, weird year for Tom Hanks. Yeah, Morbius. He, his performance oh, like kind of brought Elvis down for me. Yes, um, it did. Which you never think about for a Tom Hanks movie. Like usually, he's the best part, not the worst part. Um, but yeah, weird, weird year for Tom Hanks. Morbius had Morbius had five nominations at the Razzies: worst picture, worst screenplay, worst actor, worst director, and worst supporting actress. Um. Tom Hanks scored three nomination: worst actor for Disney's Pinocchio, worst supporting actor for Elvis, and worst screen couple for Tom and his latex-laden face, um, and and lubricous accent. Lubricous accent. They must yeah. have spelled it wrong. Um, lubricous. <laughs> um, it says lubricous. This is from an. I don't know who, the, who did this article, but uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's it, Razzies are the night before, so it's a, like you mentioned, tongue in cheek kind of comedy award, and uh, always look forward to that whole weekend to see. What we're gonna, I think March that comes out, so we will talk about that in a few months. But let's get into the rest of the news. James Cameron's Avatar: The Way of Water has surpassed two billion dollars in global box office, becoming the sixth film in history and the first in pandemic times to cross the milestone. Um, also, he now has three of the five biggest movies of all time. Yep. Don't joke, doubt Jimmy C. And, and it, also, passed, it passed Infinity War this week as the fifth biggest movie ever with $2.05 yes. billion. So, in the last 25 years, there have been three movies that have remained number one at the box office for six weeks in a row. Can you name them? Titanic, this, and... Endgame or Avatar 1? Avatar 1. Okay. How how long was Titanic number one at the box office? Forever. No, like in weeks. Give me a number. Oh, I, I can't remember. It was back in the day. Uh, oh, it's a double digit. I remember that. Um, yep. I don't remember. I knew it was a lot. I knew it was a long. 15 weeks. Yeah, I knew it was, I knew it was a lot. I was, I was, I was going to say 12, but yeah. That's insane. That's it's nuts. Um. We talked about it this week. I kind of mentioned it in my personal Facebook. The hype of this movie does not match the box office receipts. You you go back to the first Titanic movie. I'm not mentioning any comic book movies. I'm not mentioning anything. Because that's, that's totally different. Comic book movies have their own set audience. Titanic was a word of mouth that made that amount of money in a crazy amount of time. And everyone was talking about it. Yep. Everyone was talking about Titanic in 1997. Everyone saw it, whether they saw it the same week or two months later, everyone saw Titanic. This movie has no, nothing in the radar. Nobody's talking about it, but yet it's getting up there in one of the highest movies ever. Unless it's all foreign box well, office, which is maybe that's what the case is. I don't know. I didn't look at the breakdown of what the domestic is. Um, well, 
this was released also during Christmas with no competition until mid-February. So if you're taking people to see a movie in the last month, um, like if you have family or whatnot, it's probably the only game in town. You're not yeah. taking them to see Megan. Um, so, I mean, being number one at the box office for six weeks in a row, it makes sense. Even if you're only making 40 or $50 million that weekend, it still adds up quick. Um, I don't think it's out in China, but even that, it would only be like another $100 million added to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a little odd. But at the same time, I can see it because it's still number one at the box office. Um, so I don't know if James Cameron is buying all the tickets himself, but I mean, I could see it. It's just, you don't hear it talked about, like, like you said, Titanic, which was, it was also during a different time where that was like water cooler talk yeah, where this is like, yeah. people will see a movie like this, like say they see it opening weekend and they might post about it on Facebook or Twitter and then not talk about it again. Cause they're on to the next thing. Like, look at, like, Tiger King, which is, like, the biggest thing in the world for, like, a week. And then nobody remembered it afterwards. Um, it's a different age than it was when Titanic came out. Yeah. Like, Titanic, we'd go to school and people would be talking about it. Or my parents would go to work and they'd be talking about it there. Um, it's just a different time. Uh, nowadays, people see something once or twice and they just, they might go back to it after they see it the first time. But they're not talking about it constantly for weeks on end because they're on to the next thing. Yeah. It just—it's just strange to me. Very strange. Um, I don't—I don't get it. I don't—I don't—I don't understand how people are seeing it every single week and the numbers are huge, but nobody's talking about it. And in a world where everybody talks about everything, it's just crazy. But um, last, speaking of success, Last of Us episode two brought in 5.7 million viewers across all the viewings of HBO and the streams on HBO Max. That was a 22% increase from the from the first week's episode of 4.7 million. Becomes the largest ever viewership growth for a drama from premiere to second episode, which is incredible. Um, because it's, it, that is get, that is getting the word of mouth. Everybody's talking about the Last of Us. Everyone's yep. talking about it. So that's that's which kinda... is why why I like the week to week releases is that it can build momentum. And maybe by week three, you will have heard it if you didn't hear about it before after week yeah. one or two. And then you'll go back and watch it and be like, oh, this is actually really good. Yeah. Um, like Netflix drops everything at once and people forget about it after the weekend. Um, outside, yeah, people... of, outside of maybe like Stranger Things um, and a few other projects they've done. For the most part, it's it's based around that weekend and maybe the week after and then people move on. Yep. Uh, people still care about the apocalyptic uh, ending of the world with zombies oh, yeah. or clickers yep. in this case. But uh, Speaking of Last of Us, Pedro Pascal is hosting SNL next weekend um, with Coldplay. Who cares about them? But Pedro. Love Pedro. <laughs> I actually may watch that. Um, Violent Night 2, David Harbour's violent Christmas movie, has a sequel in the works. They announced that that, that this week. We already kind of figured that was going to happen. They put hints in the first movie that uh, they haven't mentioned they haven't mentioned Mrs. Claus. They haven't mentioned. They haven't. We haven't seen the North Pole. We haven't seen the elves. There's a lot of Christmas lore we haven't seen yet that they could bring it into this movie. A rumor about who's going to play Mrs. Claus. I can't remember the actress's name, but they she's linked to the role already. So I'm oh, sure cool. we'll we'll get Mrs. Claus in the sequel. Yeah, we'll get some we'll get some news on that. I'm sure that's going to be fast fast light lit. I'm sure um, they're going to come right down the pipe. But two years. Also, yeah. also this week, Percy Jackson, the Olympians. Show coming out on Disney Plus announced a couple of the actors going on the show, going on the the series. Lance Riddick from The Wire. 
uh, he's he's going to play Zeus. Um, like I mentioned before, Percy Jackson is kind of about Greek gods who go to a summer camp. Um, they're sons and daughters of Greek gods. Um, so yeah, interesting. Kind of interesting. I like that first movie. I never I never saw the second one. I know it's a series of books, and I know I know it's going to be closely related to the books. So, um, a little bit of wrestling news I wanted to bring up because I know it's WrestleMania. I'm getting into Royal Rumble this weekend. WrestleMania season coming up. A um, couple of things I wanted to note. WWE reportedly made Steve Austin a huge money offer for a match against Roman Reigns. That was the initial. That was the initial story that came out. And then it was also reported that that match that was offered to him wasn't for Roman Reigns, but it was for Brock Lesnar. What would you think if Steve Austin came back for a match for either one of these guys? What would you rather see? Or would you want to see it? No. He did have a good. He did have a good showing last year. It was it was he the best did, match of WrestleMania with Kevin Owens. But that's yeah. not saying much. But also no. Um, I'm obviously I'd watch, but like I don't know. I just don't know how I'd feel about it. Um, especially with Roman Reigns being the main guy. It's not like he's going to have a title match with Steve Austin and fucking put Steve Austin over. Um, yeah, we both watched Raw for the so, very first time this week. We watched the first half hour of Raw, and I liked it a lot. I liked the trial of Sami Zayn was really cool. Yep. Um, I love Sami Zayn, yeah. I can't believe El Generico is like I know. this now. I know. It's, it's great. He's awesome. Yeah, we saw we saw him in uh, ROH when we saw it in 2009. Um, Adult Swim, you know a little bit. Cause I think you've seen Rick and Morty. Uh, the yes. guy who did the voice of Rick and Morty, he got uh, he got canned this week for domestic abuse allegations. They they fired him from the show. Yes. Um, Adult Swim released a statement, put it on all their socials, and they're going to recast it and they're going to continue on to season seven. Why uh, Why aren't you a huge Rick and Morty fan? I'm not a huge Rick and Morty fan, but like if it's on, I'll check it out or whatever. I try, I tried watching the first episode. I just I just didn't like it. I okay. didn't get into it. Yeah, I mean it's I feel like it's made for us yeah. in a way because it, it is, is basically Back to the Future. But at the same time, like, I think the animation how do, style. How do I, how do I put this? The animation style is a little odd. Yeah. You have to get used to it. But I don't think it's made for people like you. And but what I mean by people like you, I mean sober people. People that don't um, smoke. The yes. Um, it's yeah. We'll leave it at that. It's not made for people that stay sober. Um, it's the type of show that like you can watch three or four episodes. We've had a few beers or whatever you like to get into. And um, it's funny. But, like, even for me, like, I don't, like, plan my day around it. Like, I've probably seen 15 to 20 episodes, maybe. Um, and, like, it's enjoyable when I watch it, but I never have the the hunger to watch it. I never want to be like, oh, I should throw on Rick and Morty for the next two hours of my life like I do with South Park every now and then. Yeah. And watch three or four episodes More of family Park. guy. Or, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you also put this in the in the thing back in the day. Yes. You you I got signed an email up for, about it. Yeah, you did. Back in the yes. day, you signed up for Movie Pass, which was an unlimited uh, it was movie the fucking service. Greatest ever. You, you could go to pretty much any theater you wanted to in America, and it was like yep. ten dollars a month, and you could see yeah, unlimited they, movies. They sent you a credit card at the time. I'm sure now it's just on, on an app. But they sent yeah. you a credit card, so you'd be like, "I'll take one ticket to see Avatar 2. And you just give them the credit card, and they swipe it, and they go, okay, here's your ticket, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, it was a great service. But, I don't know, it seems like they're limiting it now to where you can, like, maximum see, like, three movies a month. Because each That's movie tough. has, like, a point. It has, like, a point system. So, depending on the movie, maybe where it's at in the box office, 
and you only get a certain amount of points that month to use. I think it's like 30 or 36. Um, so like, say you see Avatar opening weekend, that might take up 28 points out of your 36 you have for the month. Mm-hmm. And then like a movie like The Whale might be like five, you know, because it's not as big of a movie. Um, and there's your month. You get those two movies. I mean, still really good if you think about it that way, but it's not being used by every theater. So it's, I don't know. We'll see. But, I mean, I'm happy with the Regal thing right now, so... I think, yeah, Regal works good. If you have Regal, I know AMC has one, or too. It's, AMC does it, yep. Yeah, you get your money... Like, you see it twice a month, it's fine. Yeah, you go twice you know? a month, you see two movies a month, you, you pay yeah. for it. You go... If you go every week, if you go twice a week, you're gonna more than pay for it. But I think they're relying on people like me that go once a month, if that, to pay $20, yeah. $21... Like we're gonna see yeah. Ant Man in a couple weeks, so I did. I, I, uh, I have recently used it for that. I get I get my use out of this in the winter. I uh, yeah. don't really use it much in the summer, but I still get our money's out of it because we there's still one. Uh, we go we go comic book movie a month or yeah. yeah we go every month at least once a month to the theater, so it's worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but they're trying to bring Movie Pass back, which I thought was funny because it did die because, like you mentioned, ten dollars a month at the time was unlimited movies, so they were losing yeah. a lot of money. To and have then to... I think. By month four, I went to check in to see, to go to a movie, and they gave me like two options for movies, and there, one was like a foreign film, and one was like a movie that was like about to leave the box office. Fuck, fuck all that. So yeah, um, Gotham Knights. Haven't heard much about it. I know it's a show coming out on CW, but they're casting a couple of characters. I don't know the characters that they're casting. On the show, but I know one of the actors was a 90s staple, one of the 90s kids that you see in all those movies back in the day, Ethan Embry. Um, He was in National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. He was in a couple of uh, teen movies, too. I think um, um, the one of the house party, I can't remember the name of it, but he was in a bunch of... uh, Oh, uh, uh, the one with Jennifer Hewitt? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God, I'm blanking on it. I can't hardly wait. Yeah, can't hardly wait. He was in that. He's a bunch of '90s movies, but yes. he's, he's he, him and his wife are casting as uh, the Clue Master and uh, Crystal Brown. I don't know who those characters are in Gotham Knights, uh, based in the Batman universe. Um, yes, I don't know. Um, get into a little bit of Marvel news. We mentioned it earlier in the the Bear. Uh, Ao Adebriri, whatever her name is, the, the lead girl, the lead woman in the Bear, joined the cast of the Thunderbolts. Um, in an undisclosed role, not, not sure who she's playing. I haven't seen any uh, articles uh, hinting to who she could pl- be playing, uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll get a little bit of uh, news articles about that this week, I'm sure. Um, Aces of Shield star Chloe Bennett, who was kind of the star of that show, besides Agent Coulson, um, has been hinting to her MCU return as Quake. She was a Inhuman in the show. Um, I thought she was great in that show. I hope she comes back. Um, people hope she comes back for Secret Invasion because Secret Invasion is going to have a lot to do with Shield, um, and uh, and of course Skrulls taking over the uh, whole entire world. Um, but she but she was being uh, she was being made fun of or not made fun of but uh, hounded on the internet. Somebody had posted to her best acting on a soap opera isn't really a major accomplishment. Telling her about her time on Agents of Shield, um, and she said, "Hey man, you seem like a mean loser. Also, I have a strong feeling your tweets aren't going to age well." People are taking that as in as her saying, uh, "You're gonna go back and look at this tweet and realize that you're completely wrong," and uh, I'm going to be back. So we'll see. I I, I did like her on Agents of Shield um, as that character. 
<clears throat> I don't think she'll be an, an inhuman in this. I think she'll be just an agent of Shield, maybe with a, maybe with superpowers. Um, I think I think she was great in that show. It'd be good to see her in a show on uh, Disney Plus as well. So we will see. Um, this was I, I told you this was because of James Gunn, but it's, James Gunn actually went yeah, out and said it wasn't because of him. Yeah, it was it was a, it was it was a plan that already had been planned out before he even took over. But Doom Patrol and Titans will both end after their current four seasons on HBO Max. Um, yep. I've got into Titans. I got into the first season of Doom Patrol, but I haven't finished either one. I really want to catch up on them. Um, Titans did the uh, Red Hood for I know, season three. I know they've done a lot, and they had Batman so, in there. There's so much shit I've mi- I yep. haven't seen yet that I want to see. But I like I like all the characters so far that I've seen in it. I haven't watched it. God, over a year now, but um, I do want to catch okay. up on it. I do want to catch it's, up on both. It's the definition of okay. Doom Patrol is much better. Okay. Um, but I like Titans because they did do Red Hood, um, and the casting in that show is pretty good. And also, I mean, they went four seasons. Not many TV shows go four seasons to begin with, and yep. those that go much past four don't usually end well. They usually so, suffer. Yeah, they usually suffer because of it. Yep. Um, so yeah, it is yep. what it is. Um. They did cover a lot of stuff in Titans that you never saw on the big screen before, so I like that. Um, and Doom Patrol is just completely different than any other superhero thing, really. Um, and it's fun. I like Doom Patrol a lot. But, yeah. R.I.P. Yep. And uh, that's it for news. Let's get into a very, very, very quick Attitude Era rewatch. So quick, I'm going to cut off the intro, because this is a very quick tape episode of Raw. <laughs> um, came out on January 26, 1998. Um, backstage segment with DX teasing HBK guest refereeing a match at WrestleMania with Austin versus Mike Tyson. They're very, very much they're they're going off of all the news articles that are coming out at this time. All the all the uh, news channels talking about Austin Mike Tyson fight from the week before. Um, they're 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 glomming on that right now. Um, DX team up backstage with the Outlaws to attack Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Um, DX are backstage later on, hyping up Triple H's match with Owen Hart later in the night. Um, Triple H is taping up his knees, stretching, and getting ready for the match throughout the evening. A couple of commercial breaks later, Owen Hart standing in the ring, getting ready for his match with Triple H, and the the Degeneration X music hits. Goldust comes out, dressed head-to-toe as Triple H. Complete with a hook nose, blonde hair, Triple H tights. Ends up getting getting his ass kicked by Owen Hart. Um, Still Cold Steve Austin ends the night with a promo hyping up the Mike Tyson fiasco from the week before. Um, setting up a, this 90-day feud that's going into WrestleMania. 90 days until WrestleMania. Um, and we know there's going to be a lot of shit that happens. Uh, the only question I have for you. Listen to Mick Foley's podcast this week. Who are the three most influential wrestlers of the Attitude Era? Uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, and Mick Foley. Ding, ding, ding. Look what we have for him, Johnny. <laughs> Austin, number one for the attitude that he had. The Rock, number one for the mic skills that he had. Mick Foley for what he brought to wrestling as far as throwing his body into he everything. Was, he was different than anyone Innovating. else in the era. He was more hardcore. He Inter- basically brought... He brought he brought the ECW type violence and audience to the WWF at the time. Yep. He innovated the ring as far as what you see now, 
is what McFoley did 25 years ago. To the point where it's hard to watch AEW because they are throwing themselves around the same exact way yep. McFoley did. Um, what's his name? The skater um, we saw a few times. Uh, Darby, uh, Darby Allen. Allen, yeah. Incredible, incredible performer. But like his fucking finish is he dives backwards onto you. A coffin like, drop. He, he's done that. Yeah, a coffin drop. He's done that to people on the apron where you hit that metal rod. It's like the only unsafe part of the ring. And he yeah. does that like every two weeks. But yeah, it's it's crazy what what how how far wrestling has come, and you can look back at Mick Foley as being the central point of that. I kind of got that from the from the podcast this week. Listen to his podcast, where Mick Foley was such an influence to people. It's crazy. But that's it for Attitude Era rewatch. It wasn't much this week. It was a taped episode. Taped episodes during the '90s were not that good. It was the, the live ones that you always wanted to watch. Even when I was watching, it was the same way. But that's it for this week. Next week we're going to review a movie. Came out today on Netflix. Um, you people, Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, Lauren London. Um, I think that's her name. I think that's her name. She has a bunch of movies. Um, I watched the first ten minutes. I told you two before we record today. It's fucking hilarious. I can't wait to. We're gonna watch it. I'm gonna actually gonna watch it after we record tonight. Um, Same. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to watch it. Um, if I had time, I would have watched it before the podcast. But we'll, we'll review that next week. Um, we'll continue our review of Last of Us. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's it for the show. Thanks for everyone for listening. And we will talk to everybody next week. Peace. Later.